सहनावतु सहनौ सहवीर्यंकवाहै तेजस्वीतमस्तु मिद्विषा वहै ओ नमश्रीशंकरानंद नमश्रीशंकरानंद गुरुपादाबुजन्मने गुरुपादाबुजन्मने सविलास महामोह सविलास महामोह ग्राहग्रासकर्मणे ग्राहग्रासकर्मणे It was said how there are three meanings of the word atma there is a primary mukhya artha or the primary meaning where the word atma means the sakshi the witness the consciousness the indwelling self in the second meaning of the word atma mithya where the body or the upadhi is taken to be atma and the third meaning of the word atma is someone like the sun who is very dear so that also is sometimes taken to be atma or the self that is called the gauna artha gauna meaning secondary or figurative meaning so how do these meanings come when does gauna or figurative meaning apply when the difference between two is evident and known difference between two exists and is known and still the prayoga or expression is done for example so simhoyam devadatta this devadatta is a lion when we say then we know that devadatta is not lion and still we are using the word lion for devadatta because there may be some similarities so devadatta might possess certain qualities of a lion and therefore this kind of prayoga or expression is called usage of the expression is called gauna prayoga in that sense somebody may say this is myself meaning the showing the sun or someone very dear to him he may say this is myself in case of the mithya pratyaya where the body etc is taken to be atma there is a difference between atma who is sakshi and this body they are two different but the difference is not known in case of the sun the sun is different from the atma and the difference is known in case of the body etc the difference is there but it is not known and therefore the prayoga or the use of the word self is out of delusion out of ignorance and thirdly as far as sakshi the witness is concerned it is not different from atma not the difference is evident and therefore that is in the primary meaning of the word atma the sakshi chaitanyam <coughs> any different situations now different ones become predominant which is the dearest in a given situation self is the dearest in a given situation but what would be the meaning of the word self that would be determined by the context so in certain context my son may be dearest to me in some other context the body may be dearest to me in yet other context my mind or ego may be dearest to me in yet another context even the sex sakshi that may be dearest to me depending upon the context <coughs> for example when i'm handing down the responsibility that or the duties after my death that time the son is the most important when i say that i am fat i want to lose weight that time the body is important or when i say that i want to perform this ritual I want to go to heaven that time the ego the doer is more important or when i say that i want to attain moksha that time the witness self is the most important <coughs> and therefore in a given context or in a given situation whatever be the meaning of the word self that is the dearest in that situation the things related to that self become dear and other things are neither dearest nor dear therefore maybe in a given situation when i look upon my son as a self he is a dearest to me then his friends become dear because they are anukula they are helpful or they are agreeable to him so whatever is agreeable to the self becomes dear the self is always dearest and whatever is agreeable to the self upakari helpful agreeable that is the dear <coughs> and rest is other than atma and this is what is dear is called 
Shesha, meaning that which is helpful. So Atma, that which is helpful to Atma, and the rest of the objects. These are the three categories. However, in the verse it was said that, one verse 51, it was said that even the objects other than the Atma can be classified in these different categories. Upeksham dvesham iti anyat dvedha marga trunadikam. Upeksham vyagra sarpadi dvesham evam chaturvidham. That what we call the other things can be either dvesya. So I love the self, the dearest. Anything that is agreeable to the self is dear. And then there are other two categories. Dvesham, anything that is that threatens the self. Anything that is antagonistic to self becomes an object of dvesha or dislike. And that which is neither agreeable nor disagreeable is an object of indifference. Thus, there are four kinds of, four categories of things in this creation as far as we are concerned. One is atma or the self that is always the dearest. Others are the things that are related to self and agreeable to the self, helpful to the self. They become also object of my love. Dear. Not as dear as the Atma, but dear. Thirdly, there are things that are uncomfortable, I mean disagreeable to Atma. In that case, they become the object of dislike. And fourth are the objects that are neither agreeable nor disagreeable. Towards them, we have what we call upeksha or indifference. So, love, attachment, aversion and indifference. Love for the self. Attachment for the one who is agreeable to the self. Aversion for, the, for that which is disagreeable to the self. And indifference to that which is neither agreeable nor disagreeable. So these are the four categories. <coughs> and this is being said in the verse 52. Atma shesha upekshyam Atma shesha upeksham cha dveshyam cheti chaturshvabhi dveshyam cheti chaturshvabhi navyakti niyamah kintu navyakti niyamah kintu tat tat karyat tatha tatha tat tat karyat tatha tatha Atma shesha upeksham cha Dveshyamcha iti chaturshuapi. These are four things. Atma the self. Sheshaha. Shesha means that which is agreeable to the self. Upeksha, that which is object of indifference. And dveshya, that which is the object of hatred or dislike. Cha, these are four. I said earlier, Atma is dearest to me. Shesha. My son, wife, children, friends, all of them fall in the category of Shesha, meaning those whom I love, because they are agreeable to me. My enemies and snakes and scorpions and people, all that would fall in the category of Dveshya, something that I dislike because they are harmful to me or they are a source of threat to me. And rest of the things like all the trees and the grass and everything else in the world is Upeksham. I'm indifferent to them because they neither add to my comfort nor threaten me. So these are the four kinds of, four categories of things. <coughs> now the question is, Nanu, Atmadinam Chatunam Abhi Priyatamatvadikam Kam Niyatam The question is, can you say that a given object is only such and such, that its flower is necessarily either you can you say it itself, or can you say that it is dear to me, or can you say that it is something disliked by me, or it is something that I am indifferent to? Can there be? Can we classify the objects that flowers means all object of love, scorpions means all object of hatred, grass means all object of indifference? Can we make that category? Is there a rule like this that a given object can be classified in a given way all the time? Says no. Nah, there is no rule. There is no rule that we can classify a given person or a given thing or a given situation as anyone all the time. So says the reverse here, Chaturshuapi Navyaktiniyamaha. In all these four, Navyaktiniyamaha, 
that a given vyakti or a given thing or a person falls in any one category all the time, that is no rule. Ayameva priyatamaha, ayameva priyaha, idameva upayaksham, idameva dvesham, na anyata idi niyamo nasti ityartha. Ayameva priyatamaha, that this alone is the dearest, even my son is always the dearest, or that my body is always the dearest, or that my ego is always the dearest, or that the Sakshi consciousness is always the dearest, there is no rule. What is the dearest or that there is no rule, depending upon the context. Oh, this one is dear to me, that this person is dear to me. There is no rule that a given person will always be dear. Or a given thing will always be dear. I love this chair, I love this fountain pen, I love this shirt. All of these, there is no rule that the shirt or a pen or a chair or a person or anything will forever be an object of love. There is no rule. Or that I hate this thing. I hate this tree or I don't know, I hate something. Is there a rule that that is that you can classify a given object as an object of hatred? No, there is no rule also. Or I don't care for a given thing. Can you say that I don't care for grass or I don't care for tree or I don't care for a given thing and that that kind of a judgment or opinion can be always retained? He says, no. There is no rule. Meaning, no one thing can be classified as any one of this. Na vyakti niyamasti, na vyakti niyamaha. It is not that a given thing can be classified as either the dearest or dear or an object of hatred or an object of indifference. <coughs> Kintarhi, then what? Then how do we decide? Says the verse, Kintu tattat karya tathadatha. However, Tasmat tasmat karya visheshat upakaradirupat tathadatha priyadirupata ityartha. It depends upon the role that a given thing plays in a given situation. So, it is by karya, it is a function of the role that a given thing plays in a given situation that will decide whether it is an object of love or object of hatred or an object of indifference. It will not that there is a rule that a given thing is such, but in a given situation or a given context, it will be determined whether a given thing is an object of love or hatred or indifference. <coughs> Sarvatrabi aniyama yojanaya prasiddhe dveshyavyagrahe tadabhavam darshayadi That nowhere there is a rule. There is not an object or there is not a thing that can be classified forever to be any in one category. In order to show that there is no rule, prasiddhe dveshyavyagrahe Let us take an object such as a, 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 a tiger. A tiger is known to be an object of hatred or dislike, generally. So tiger is known to be an object of dislike for everyone. Says even there also, there is no rule that a tiger would necessarily be an object of hatred or dislike. How is it so? Verse 53 shows that. Can you say that a tiger is always disliked by me? Says, Syad Vyagraha Sammukha Dveshya. Yada Vyagraha Sobhakshanaya Sammukha Agachadi Tada Dveshya Bhavadi. Let us say that I am, I don't know, I am in a forest. And all of a sudden I confront a tiger. The tiger is is threatening me and is approaching me to eat me up. At that time, how do I look at the tiger? I look at the tiger as a threat to my life and therefore it is something that I hate. I hate this tiger. Why do I hate it? Because it is going to eat me up or it threatens my life. So thus when a tiger also approaches me with naturally with an intention of swallowing me or, or tearing me apart, that time the tiger becomes an object of dislike or hatred. Saiva parangmukho gachadi chet upeksha bhavadi upekshastu parangmukha Suppose a tiger walks away. It may happen that I am walking on a path, the tiger just comes and walks away. It has some, it's in different mood. 
Maybe not in a mood to kill me. Just walks away. At that time, what do I, what is my relationship? How do I look at the tiger? Opeksha. Listen, my indifferent. So when the tiger is threatening me, then it is an object of hatred. When the tiger is walking away, unconcerned about me, then I am unconcerned about the tiger also. In that case, a tiger becomes an object of indifference. Even today as we are sitting here, there are hundreds and thousands of tigers and lions and all sorts of, you know, snakes and scorpions. We are indifferent to them because we are not concerned about them. We are indifferent to everything that is happening in the world. In Somalia, all this, you know, starvation is going on. It's okay. In Bosnia, all these kind of wars are going on. Okay. In India, the riots are going on. All right. If I happen to be an Indian and riots are going on in the town where I live, then I become concerned about it. Then all those things will become an object of hatred, suppose, you know, or some other people, somebody may become an object of love. But otherwise, we are not concerned about it, we are just indifferent. And so, there is no rule that a given thing is necessarily an object of indifference or some other thing is necessarily an object of hatred. <coughs> As we said, when two teams are playing, Whichever one, whichever I am rooting, that is our team that I love. Whichever, the, the opposite team becomes an object of my hatred. When they score a field goal or, or, or a touchdown, that's all. I, I, you know, my heart starts beating fast. And on the other hand, when my team is scoring, you know, then it's altogether different. Maybe it's quite, this is, so between Dallas and uh, Buffalo, I root for Buffalo, let us say, because it happens to be New York State. But then suppose buffalo and tigers are playing. That was the case two years ago. I would root for tigers because it is closer than buffalo. And suppose in New York and Salisburg are playing. Suppose such a team has that. Naturally I would, I would root for Salisburg. And so it depends on which, which team will become an object of my like. It will just be determined by the context. And so there is no rule that I hate certain things all the time, that I love certain things all the time. It will be determined by a given context. Even such an object as tiger also is not always the object that I hate. So when we go to, for example, uh, uh, that's what he points out also. If the tiger is going away, opeksha bhavati, it becomes an object of indifference. Sayavayadi lalana swanukulo bhavati tada vinoda. See in India, you can, in many other parts of the world also. But in India, in Savarasa, you can go to the forest of Gir and there they will take you inside the forest so that you can view the lions. Live and, you know, free lions, you can view them. Or they can put a bait there and so the lion may come in, you know, to eat its food and so you can watch all that stuff. At that time you're not afraid of lion. You don't hate the lion also. You don't care for it. I mean, you've gone to see that, so you enjoy it, okay. But otherwise, maybe lion can be, you can love the lion also. How wonderful it is, how beautiful, how graceful it is. Because you know that you are safe. And therefore, there's no problem. So at that time, the lion becomes an object of your life. Here also it says, Sayavayadi lalanat anukulasched. Sayavayadi vyagraha lalanat. Suppose that you have a pet tiger. Can you have a pet tiger? Maybe somebody can have. Like in circuses and places like that, the tigers are pet. Suppose you have a pet tiger. In fact, there was, uh, our Swami Nijananda was once telling me, many years ago, that he used to know a person who was a forest officer. And in fact, there was a, he had a female tiger who was, who was a pet. And he was telling how this female tiger sometimes, you know, feels hurt. Suppose he goes away without informing her and then he returns after four days and she would not even look at him. She would be hurt, would not talk to him. And when, suppose he, she's happy with him, at that time she would start, you know, I mean expressing her affection to him. And how do the animals do that? They lick you. The dog also licks you. A cat, I don't know whether it licks or not, but then, you know, this, this, this tiger would lick this person. And the tongue of a tiger is, has thorns in it, like, you know, and that, <laughs> that licking would be, <laughs> would be quite a different matter. But anyway, so that, how, after all, how can a poor tiger express its love? Only in this manner. But this is how the, that tiger becomes an object of love. Because it has been trained properly, Laranat, by training. Svanukula Bhavati, if you can train the tiger also to become agreeable to you, becomes, you know, then he becomes your pet, tada vinodayati, then becomes an object of vinoda, becomes an object of entertainment, an object of liking. 
So you can like, love the tiger, you can love him also. The circus ringmasters, those who are playing with this, you know, lions and tigers, I'm sure they love them. So somebody, say, same tiger can be hated by somebody, loved by somebody, and many others will be indifferent to it. Therefore, there's no rule that you can say that a given object is hatred, that a given object is love, or a given object is indifference. It is not the property of the object. What is it? It is the property of the fancy of my mind. That's why we say that what makes me happy is not determined by the thing or object, it is determined by me. It's I who decides that this flower is beautiful. So then whenever I look at the flower, I feel happy. Suppose for whatever reason I hate red color, suppose, I don't know, you know, I hate red color, then this flower would be an object of hatred, maybe. And so, it just depends upon the purely the fancy of my mind. This flower is flower. It is what we call Ishvara Srishti, creation of Lord. And if I love it, that is also my indi- individual creation. I hate it, that is also my creation. Indifferent to it, that is also my fancy. <coughs> and that's the reason why there is no niyama, there is no rule as to which object can be classified as an object of attachment, an object of aversion, or object of indifference. Vinodayati Sheshatam Sheshatam Swasti Upakara Katvena Priyatum Bhajati Devi Prayaha Inasmuch as that tiger also becomes an object of my pleasure, therefore I like it. <coughs> then a question arises, Nanu Ekasyevastunaha Priyatvada Dharma Trayangikare Vyavahara Vyavastanasya If any one thing can be sometimes an object of love, sometimes an object of dislike, sometimes an object of indifference, then how to relate with the thing, he says. See, then you cannot relate with anything. If there is a rule that such and such person means a person of attachment, or a person of hatred, or person of indifference, then I can, I know how to relate with that person. But if a given person can be today an object of love, tomorrow an object of hatred, a third an object of indifference, then how can there be any vyavastha or an order how to relate to the things? Then life would not go on. See, it is not possible for life to, I mean, for us to interact unless a certain rule is established. So whenever we interact, always, the interaction always takes place according to a certain rule. That I like him. That's the rule. That's how I interact. I dislike this person. I interact accordingly. I don't care for this person. I interact differently. But if there is a person and if there is no rule that I like it or dislike it or I am indifferent, then how am I going to interact with the person or relate to the person? So how can there be vivastha or in order in the relationship with the objects of the world? From what you say, it would not be possible to have any order at all in our life. So, says verse 54, that no, that is not the problem. Why? Vyaktinam niyamo mabhud Vyaktinam niyamo mabhud Lakshana to vyavasthirihi Lakshana to vyavasthirihi Anukulyam pratikulyam Anukulyam pratikulyam Dvaya bhavascha lakshanam Dvaya bhavascha lakshanam Vyaktinam niyamo mabhud It says let there be no rule as far as a thing is concerned. Lakshanatu vyavasthirihi. However, the vyavastha or the order in interaction is possible not because of a thing, but because of a lakshana, the characteristic of a thing. It is not a given thing, but it is a characteristic of a given thing in a given situation or given context that determines whether the thing is an object of love or hatred or what. And that is how the interaction takes place. Vyakti niyam abhavebi lakshana vasad vasad vyavastha bhavishyadi tarraha Even though there is no niyam or rule as pertaining to a thing or being, lakshana, because of the lakshana of the characteristic, vyavastha meaning an order is possible. Kim lakshanam, okay, what is the lakshana of the characteristic? by which it can be determined whether a thing will be an object of love or hatred or what. 
So the second line, the Lakshmaha, in the second line, that characteristics, characteristic is being stated. Anukulyam, Pratikulyam, Dvay Abhavascha Lakshanam. Anukulyam, the state of being favorable. Pratikulyam, the state of being unfavorable. Dvay Abhavaha, the absence of the two. That is the Lakshanam. You know what is Lakshanam? Lakshanam means characteristic. Vyavartako dharmaha. That unique characteristic that a thing possesses, possesses, by which we can distinguish it from anything, everything else. That's called lakshanam. A unique characteristic, because of which we are able to distinguish a given thing from everything else is called lakshanam or characteristic. <coughs> so similarly, what is the unique characteristic that an object of my liking. What is a unique characteristic of something that I like? What is a unique characteristic of something that I dislike? And what's a unique characteristic of something that I am indifferent to? So says there, Anukulyam. Anukulatvam priyasya lakshanam vyavartako dharmaha. That when I like something, as a rule, that thing or being must be necessarily anukula or agreeable to me. It is not possible that something is not agreeable to me and still like it. When I like something, the rule is that that something must be agreeable to me. Anukulyam. Anukulyam means it must be agreeable. It must be favorable. That is the distinct character. That's all. Not whether it's a man or a woman or a chair or a table or whatever it is. It's not the thing. But anything at any in a given any given situation is is something that is favorable to me or agreeable to me, then it becomes an object of my like. Pratikulatvam dveshyasya lakshanam In any situation, what is it that it dislikes? Anything that is disagreeable to me. Anything that is unfavorable to me. That's all. Anything that is disagreeable to me or unfavorable to me. Whatever I call me, this bod- I, I call this body as I, anything agreeable to body becomes an object of like, Disagreeable to body, object of dislike. If you are sitting there, there happens to be some pointed object which hurts you, immediately get up, you remove that thing. If a little speck of dust falls in my eyes, becomes an object of... As long as it is lying on the earth, I am indifferent to that. A little dust, I am indifferent to that. Suppose it falls in my eyes, it becomes dveshya, becomes an object of my dislike. The snow, as long as it is all there, is wonderful. Nice to look at, you know. How pretty this place looks. Snow covered all, you know, everything covered with snow. And the roofs and the tree and everything else. Ask Swamiji, how about shoveling the snow this morning, you know? Do all this path. That time you have to ask me whether I love the snow or not. Perhaps that time my statement may be different. As long as somebody else does it, and I can comfortably walk, and I can enjoy the beauty, I enjoy the snow. I enjoy the rain. Suppose my roof is leaking at that time, I don't enjoy it. Suppose, I, you know, this is what happens. People like rain. All of a sudden, when it starts raining, people become, you know, all of a sudden, they are startled. Why? They remember, oh, their, their clothes are hanging out in the terrace, and they, the rain, they'll all get wet. Immediately, they run. So, Ruchika was telling me, you know, the day for, uh, uh, night before last, she had called me, and she said, there is a lot of rain in, in uh, Los Angeles. It is excellent. Because they've been having droughts since five, six years there, and they have been having some 22 inches of rain in the last two months or something. They generally have 10 inches of rain in the whole year. So in the time that they have 10 inches of rain, they have 22 inches of rain, lots of rain. Everywhere rain and rain and flood and puddles of water and things. So I'm, pray, I'm praying, please don't rain next week, you know, when Swami is coming. <laughs> because if it rains heavily, then nobody will come to listen to the talks, you know. <laughs> and therefore you pray. Let there be no rain for these three days, or whatever it is. It's amazing how for our own sake or for our own interest, you know, we can pray for anything. But anyway, a rain can become an object of my like. Rain can become an object of dislike also. The rain coming at the right time in India, everybody loves. Suppose rain comes at the wrong time, it may ruin all the crops, which it does. People hate it. All their floods. Naturally, people dislike it. And so anything can become an object of like, dislike. So it is anything that is uncomfortable to me, 
disagreeable to me, then that becomes an object of my dislike. Even God also. I can dislike God also. I can like God also. I can be indifferent to God. I don't care. As Laplace told Napoleon, when he was making his calculations and made four volumes, explaining the whole, you know, uh, the whole creation and the interrelationship between the different uh, components of the creation. And he took this whole work to Napoleon in four big volumes. And Napoleon, glancing through it, said, I don't find any mention of God, the Creator. He says, we don't need Him. Meaning, we don't need God to explain this world, and therefore we are indifferent to God. Some people need God, then God is object of like. Some people hate God also. So anything can become an object of like, dislike, or indifference. <coughs> so, pratikulatvam dveshyasya lakshanam upekshasya anukulya pratikulya rupa dvayabhavasya lakshanam What is upeksham? What is an object of indifference? There is neither anukula nor pratikula. Neither agreeable nor disagreeable. Thus, Atma and three other kinds of objects. This is our world. This is our world. Etavata grantha sandarbhena upapadidam artham buddhi saukaryaya sankshipya kasai. This is a unique book where you find all these discussions, you know. This Panchadas is a unique text where different situations of our life are, are dealt with. In Vedanta, generally, you don't find this kind of discussion. Vedantic discussions are very technical and, you know, uh, on, but generally Prakrana Granthas also, they don't discuss in this way. Panchadashi, on the other hand, discusses different situations of our life very nicely. Etavata Grantha Sandarabhena Upapadita Martham Buddhi Saukaryaya Sankshipya Kasayati All right, whatever has been stated in the last section, and what has been stated with reasoning in order to get it clearly in our mind. In the verse 55, it is stated briefly, again it is summarized in the verse 55, just so that we can clearly bear it in our mind. Atma prayan priyashesha Atma prayan priyashesha Dvesho danyayo Dvesho pekshet danyayo itivyavasthito lokaha itivyavasthito lokaha yagnyaval kyamatam chatata yagnyaval kyamatam chatata Okay, Atma prayan Atma pratigananda prayan atishayana priyaha Rule Atma which is pratigananda Pratyek ānanda, that which is the, the, the of the nature of the ānanda or the happiness, is prayān, atishayana priyaha, is always dearest to me. The ātmā, satchidānanda, nature of ānanda or the fullness, is always dear to me. Sheshaha, priyaha, svopasarjana bhūtaha padārthaha, priyaha. Anything that is agreeable to ātmā is priyaha, is an object of my life. That's how the attachment comes. Whenever I view an object or a thing or a being as something that is agreeable to me, something that is source of comfort to me, something that is a source of security to me, automatically it becomes an object of my like. I start depending upon it. That is called attachment. So, really speaking, there is this unconditional love for Atma or the Self. But the same unconditional love becomes attachment to Anatma, something else, when I see that as a source of comfort or security, and that then there is a dependence, and then there is attachment. The same love for myself is expressed as dislike or hatred when I look upon something else as a source of discomfort or or threat to my security, in which case that becomes an object of dislike. And that which I do not look upon either as a source of comfort or discomfort, then there is indifference to that. <coughs> Svopasarjana bhūtaha padārtha priyaha Anything that is upakārika Upakārika means anything that is favorable or agreeable That is an object of my love Tadanyayoho Tābhyam ātmanas Tashyashāccha anyayoho Vyagra pati Patigada tronādi rūpayoho Dveshopekshe thākarmam bhavatahiti And as far as other objects are concerned Objects like tiger etc Which are threat to my life 
or the object of dislike. Objects such as grass on the road, which doesn't do anything, neither adds or subtracts, I'm indifferent to that. So this is the vyavastha, this is how we are operating. It's interesting to watch. Now when we interact with the world, you should ask, what, where, in what category does this thing or person fall? Do I like it? Dislike it? Am I indifferent to it? Why is it so? Why do I like it? Why do I dislike it? Why am I indifferent to it? That will tell us a lot. Or because that is the source of my security. That is comfort. I have a comfort here. Acceptance. Security. I like it. Discomfort here. Insecurity. I dislike it. None of these two. I don't care. I'm indifferent to that. And it will be interesting to see how these things change. Sometimes a given thing is a source of comfort. At some other time it may not be a source of comfort. It may be a source of discomfort. Then I want to create a distance. And something else becomes source of comfort. I want to, you know, have... Uh, I want to close that distance. Amazing how the life goes on. As our mind changes its fences or changes its evaluation, automatically we respond, interact in a certain way, and that's how the life is going on. <coughs> but in any relationship or any interaction, these four are always there. These four are always there. Atma, object of unconditional love, something that I am attached to, something that I have aversion for, and rest of the things I am indifferent to. Evam chatur vidhyena lokaha vivasthitaha vivastham praptaha. In this manner, this whole world is organized in this fourfold manner. Ukta prakara chatushtaya triktam nakinchit vidyatayati abhipraya. The idea is that there is nothing in the world except this four. So this four is our world. This self, something agreeable to the self, something disagreeable to the self, and that which is neither agreeable nor disagreeable, this four constitutes the whole world. There is nothing, no fifth category. Ayamarthaha shrutya bhimatopi ityaha And this is the same thing is said by Shruti, meaning the Upanishad also. Yagnya valke matam chitat. Atmavyanam priyatamatvadikam yat tat yagnya valke matam. And this is the opinion of yagnya valke. That's where the whole discussion started. From this statement, from the, of, of Yagni, say Yagni Valkya, that everything is dear because Atmastu Kamaya Sarvam Priyam Bhavati. Everything is dear because it is really the self is dear. And that is how that passage brought up all this discussion. So you can imagine the creativity of this author, you know, and his perception. So how one statement, he has given 55 verses so far, I will continue the whole chapter. But then, how he analyzes the statement in so many various aspects and how that very thing translates in our life and how to relate our life with that statement and how to learn from that. That Yagnya Valka Syabhi Sammatam so sage Yagnya Valka also says that and this we have shown by reasoning also and by experience also. Shruti Yukti and Anubhavaya. Na kevalam maitrai brahmana eva atmana priyatmat brahmana eva atmana priyatmat muktam kindu purusavita brahmana evi di abhiprayana tadvakyasam sangranadi. Not only is this been stated in Brahadarnika Upanishad, in what is called maitrai brahmana. In Brahadarnika Upanishad, we have adhyaya, the chapters. In every chapter, several brahmanas. And then brahmanas have many kandikas. So every Brahmana has a, has a name there. That Upanishad, every Brahmana is given a name. Like the Brahmana which constitutes the dialogue between Maitri and Yagnyavalka is called Maitreyi Brahmana. Now there is another Brahmana called Purushavita Brahmana, where the Purusha is described. It tadvakyartham sangranati. So says the Brahmadarnika Upanishad, says the same thing elsewhere also. In verse 56, this is said. Anyatra Pishrutif Praha Anyatra Pishrutif Praha Putra Dvitta Tathanyataha Putra Dvitta Tathanyataha Sarvasmadantaram Tatvam Sarvasmadantaram Tatvam 
Iti abhitasya sarupamaha. What is the nature of this vichara? What's the nature of the vichara of the inquiry that is to be performed in reference to the Shruti? So the second line of the verse says, Koshan pancha vivichya antarvastu drushtir vicharana. Antarvastu drushtir vicharana. Koshan pancha vivichya. We said in the morning, how Taitriya Upanishad makes us do the viveka or discrimination between Atma and Anatma by showing how Anatma or the non-self consists of this five kosha, pancha kosha or five sheets and how Atma is different from that. So this is how viveka meaning a discrimination or separation, how one should discriminate between the Atma and the Anatma to discover how Atma is the dearest. Annamayadin pancha koshan taitriya sutyukta prakarana atmana prasakrutya In the manner in which the taitriya upanishad shows how this pancha koshas are, as we said in the morning, how the body is annamaya koshaha made up of the modification of the food which is presently taken to be atman. As compared to body that is inner to the inner, in, inside the body and keeping the body alive and controlling the body and subtler than the body is another atma that is called pranamaya the modification of prana inner than pranamaya controlling pranamaya subtler than pranamaya and directing the controlling pranamaya is called manomaya the self consisting of the modification of mind inner than that is a vijnanamaya the self consisting of the knowledge and the intellect and, and inner than that is a self made up of ananda, that is a happy self. And even inside that is what we call the very happiness or very ananda. In this manner, taitriya shrutiyukta prakarana atmana prasakritya. So by this, by the method suggested by the taitriya Upanishad, to be able to distinguish or separate, not separate in physical sense, separate in understanding the atma from the anatma. Antasthitasyatmanahanubhavicharana In this way, to be able to see or know the Atma, Antasthitaha, the Atma that dwells inside everything, Atma that is the indwelling self, the innermost self, the perception or the vision or the knowledge of that Atma is called Antarvastuvicharana, that's called Vicharana. So this is the Vicharana that we have to perform. For that this is being said. Why is all the discussion made here? In, in, in order to enable us to perform the vichara or this discriminative inquiry which reference to self so that we can distinguish the self from the non-self. The author here gives a nice, another nice criterion. How to distinguish between atma and anatma? So that which is dear is atma and that which is less dear is anatma. So that which is dearest is atma and that which is less dear is anatma. So is wealth my, I love my wealth. Is it the atma? The next one says, well, says here yeah, anyway, the next verse comes because himself shows how this criterion of what is dear can be utilized to perform the vichara upon or viveka of atman atman. So there are different ways to be able to viveka or discrimination within the self and non-self. Whether one thing is subtler than the other, interior than the other, superior to the other, controller as compared to the other, here the criterion given is dearer compared to the other. So, the, therefore, this whole discussion enables us to carry out that viveka or discrimination by the criterion of how, what is dear and what is dearer and what is dearest and that which is dearest is the Atma. Antasthirasya vastunaha darshana prakaramevaha Well, the verse 58 tells us the very method of how to have darshana, or, this, or how to see, or how to know that vastu or the self which antasthitaha, meaning that which is dwelling inside, says the verse 58. Jagara-svapna-supti-nam Yato bhavatya savatma svaprakasha chidatmakaha svaprakasha chidatmakaha Jagara svapna suptinam agama paya bhasanam Yato bhavati 
असौ आत्मा स्वप्रकाश चिदात्मक है जागर स्वप्न सुप्तीना जागर द वेकिंग स्वप्न द ड्रीम सुप्ती द डीप स्लीप जागर स्वप्न सुप्तीना जागृता देवस्थान मध्य सो इन दिस थ्री स्टेट्स आर द स्टेट्स ऑफ आर एक्सपीरियंस द वेकिंग द ड्रीम द डीप स्लीप नौ आगम अपाय भाषण उत्तरोत्तर अवस्थागम से पूर्वपूर्वस्था निवृत्ते अवभाषण अवस्था आगम से दैट दी फॉलोइंग अवस्था इज कमिंग वॉट हैपन्स इज वी आर अवेयर दैट दी अर्लियर स्टेट इज गोइंग एंड दी फॉलोइंग स्टेट इज कमिंग द वेकिंग गोज एंड द ड्रीम कम्स द ड्रीम गोज एंड द डीप स्लीप कम्स द डीप स्लीप गोज एंड द वेकिंग कम्स एंड दस द प्रीवियस स्टेट पास इज अवे एंड द न्यू स्टेट अराइव्स so the arrival of the new state and the departure of the old state how do we know that puro puro avasthana vrittesya avabhasanam this knowledge that we have of departure of the previous state and arrival of the new state yatah bhavati yatah nitya chaitanya rupat sakshano bhavati so that sakshi of the witness which is nitya chaitanya rupah which of the nature of consciousness nitya which is changeless consciousness which sakshi the witness which illumines everything so that witness because of which we are aware of the departure and arrival departure of the previous state arrival of the new state so that sakshi by which this this knowledge is there or that which illumines the arrival and departure sahasva prakasha chiratmakah svaprakasha chidrupah atma and that is the atma who is svaprakasha chidrupah with self effulgent of the nature of awareness so self effulgent awareness is itself because of which one is aware of the departure of the previous state the arrival of the new state this is the way to know that sakshi that by which is as uh, dakshinamudhi stotra says balyadishvapi jagradadishu tatha sarvasvasthasvapi vyavrutta sunuvartamanam ahamityantas purantam sada that balyadi avastha That the childhood, the youth, the old age, these avastas of the body, the states of the body, the body is constantly undergoing these different states. The mind undergoes its own state, waking, dream, and deep sleep. Even the waking state also, the mind undergoes constant changes such as happiness and happiness. Even the 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 ahankar also undergoes the change, the doer, the enjoyer. So where all these changes are taking place, that which remains changeless, and that which accompanies all of them. so that is accompanies each of the change remaining changeless itself so interesting thing about atma is it accompanies every change and itself remains changeless like an anvil so an anvil is that upon which you make different ornaments so ornaments come they get shaped and they get removed other ornament comes it gets shaped gets removed this ornaments keep coming and going how the anvil remains changeless accompanies every ornament but remains changeless and so also atma or the self illumines every change illumines every state accompanies every state as though and still remains changeless so this is how this is called the darshana prakaram this is how when you see the atma as suprakasha chidrupah <coughs> so these two verses are okay in fact now the next is the continuation of the verse 56 because the verse 56 it was said anyatra bi shruti praha putra dvitta tatha anyatah the shruti says that atma is dearer than the sun and the wealth and everything else now where is it being said that is explained in the verse 59 sheshaf prana divittantah शेषाप्राणादिवित्तांता आसन्ना तारतम्य प्रीति तथा तारतम्या 
Sakshi Vidhektaha Pranadivittandaha Vakshamanaha Padarthaha In the next verse will be state, stated what all these objects are beginning from prana right up to the wealth all these various objects are there prana is there the sense organs are there the body is there my son is there wealth is there so many objects are there I love all of them I love my wealth also I love the son also I love my body also sense organs also my life also but still I do not love them all equally I love my son more than my wealth, my body more than my son, my prana of the life more than the body. Why is it so? Asannaha tartamyaha. Asannaha samibhavartino bhavanti. Because they are closer than the other. So whichever happens to be closer to the self than the other becomes an object of love more than the other one. Tartamena Atmana Asanaha. They are situated in the degree of proximity to the self. And proximity sometimes is measured in space, but proximity in terms of their being favorable. So they are placed in gradation, you know, according to the proximity of their being favorable. And that is how they become also the love towards them also becomes is in the same gradation. Tatha pritis tatha tartamya teshu sarveshu vikshade. Yatha tartamya andratvam tadvadeva teshu pranadishu tartamya pritihi vikshade sarvaihyapi. The next verse explains that. How these things are closer to the self, dearer they are. Farther away they are, less dear they are. And how is it that verse 60 says that? It will become clear. Vittat putraf priyaf putrat, Vittat putraf priyaf putrat, Pindaf pindat tasendriyam, Pindaf pindat tasendriyam, Indriya chapriyaf prana, Indriya chapriyaf prana, Prana datma priyaf paraha, Prana datma priyaf paraha. Says Vittat putraha, so the wealth is dear, dear to me, but vittat putra hai, dearer than the wealth is my son. Putrat pinda hai, dearer than the son is my body. Pindat tasa indriyam, dearer than the body is a sense organ. Indriyacha pref prana hai, dearer than my sense organ is even my life. Pranat atma priyastasa, and even dearer than my life is myself. So this is how these things are located in this way, in the proximity, in the, in the differing or the varying degree of proximity they enjoy, and therefore, very degree, varying degree of love they enjoy. So the degree of love that I have for a thing is dependent upon the degree of proximity that the thing enjoys. So, Pinda Vittat Putra Hai So, Sayam Sarvahi Pranivi Putradi Putradi Vipat Pariharaya Vittavya Kriyate. See, I love my wealth, all right. But suppose the son is kidnapped. This happens everywhere in the world. The son is kidnapped. Panic. After three days, a letter comes to me. Ransom. If you pay a million dollars, well, we'll return your son. What shall I do? I'll pay the million dollars in order to get my son back. Shows that. The sun is dearer than the wealth. Of course, it depends. Suppose they want a billion dollars. I don't know whether the fellow will be ready or not. They may be. But generally speaking, we are willing to spend any amount of money for the sake of my son or someone who is dearer to me. That shows that dearer than the wealth is my son. kadachit However, Sometimes when it comes to my own safety, here is my son and my own son. Suppose the house is on fire and your son is supposed in the room inside and now it's all dangerous. If you go inside, surely you will perish. That time you leave the son also inside and you run away. Why? That time this body becomes more important than even my son. Sounds very selfish, but this is how the thing is. That when it comes to the safety of this body, then... The son also is sometimes sacrificed 
for the sake of this body. <coughs> Kadachit. Some person may be that he may sacrifice his body also for the sake of his son. In that case, the son becomes dearer, of course. But generally speaking, we see this in animals and everywhere also. That sometimes, like, uh, it is said that the snake, when it gives birth to its things, you know, like hundred little things come out, you know, then he eats up most of them. Because his mother snake is so hungry at that time that she eats up most of her little uh, children. And this animals do that. When the mother or this, they get very hungry, cats and things like that, they may eat up their own children. And thus, the, this body becomes even dearer than the sun. Indriyanasha pariharaya taradadina deha pirabhengi kriyate Sometimes, in order to save my eyes or save an organ which is dearer to me, I might even suffer the the uh, pain in the body. If I am beaten up, let us say, then also I will try to save my vital parts in order, because they are dearer to me than even body. So what these sense organs are even dearer than the body. And therefore, we often let the body suffer in order to save the sense organs. Manana prasaktav tat pariharaya indriya vaikalpyamabhi angi kriyate And suppose it happens that there is some problem with my hand or with my leg and that it must be amputated otherwise the disease is going to spread in the whole of my body and there is this, there is this uh, possibility that I will lose my life in that case I will sacrifice a, a limb also. So even Indriya or sense organ also be sacrificed by me when it comes to saving my life. So dearer than the wealth is the sun, dearer than the sun is the body Dearer than the body is my sense organs and dearer than the sense organs also is my life. And this is how, that is why, this is what we call the degree of proximity. And so also the degree of love also in the same proportion. That which is more proximate to me is naturally a greater object of love than that which is less proximate. Ataha eva uttarottaram atishayana priyatvam sarvanubhavasiddham. This is a matter of experience of all that that which is closer becomes more an object of love for which the less close thing, less proximate is often sacrificed. Atmanastu niradashaya premaspadatvam vidvat anubhavasiddham. But pra atma priyafparaha. That the self is dearer than the life. How do you say that? That is not my experience. Today what is dearest to me is my life. The self is even dearer than the life. He says that, Atmanastu niradishaya premaspadatvam vidvat anuvasiddham That Atma is the object of unconditional love or unsurpassable love is something that is in a matter of knowledge to the wise. Not to everybody. So far, beginning from wealth right up to the life, is a matter of a common experience. But that Atma is dearer to me even than life is something that is known by the wise. There are people, there are yogis who actually depart from this body. They give their prana also because they find that this body itself is now an obstacle. And therefore they even want to depart from this body. There are people who want to go to heavens and therefore or they want to get nirvana. As I told you the story the other day, of a giant sadhvi, that she wanted nirvana. And therefore, she gave her prana also. She fasted for 56 days, gave the prana, because she wanted nirvana. Atma is dearer than anything else. And so, that the atma of the satchidan and the self is the dearest, is something that is a matter of experience of the wise. So this is how, by taratamya, in the varying degrees, things are dearer to me than the others, depending upon their proximity. So you can sit and now see how our relationship with different people are different and how the degree of affection also varies. Not only it changes, but even when it is there, it varies from person to person and from thing to thing, depending upon how I evaluate a given thing as being proximate to me or being favorable to me. <coughs> okay. Om 
ಪೂರ್ಣಮದ ಪೂರ್ಣಮಿದ ಪೂರ್ಣ ಪೂರ್ಣಮುದಚ್ಯತೆ ಪೂರ್ಣಸ್ಯ ಪೂರ್ಣಮೇವಶಿಷ್ಯತೆ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 ಶಂಕರ ಶಂಕರಾಚಾರ್ಯ ಕೇಶವಂಬಾದರಾಯಣ ಸೂತ್ರಭಾಷ್ಯಕೃತೌಂದೇ ಭಗವಂತೌ ಪುನಃ ಪುನಃ ಈಶ್ವರೋ ಗುರುರಾತ್ಮೇದಿ ಮೂರ್ತಿಭೇದ ವಿಭಾಗಿನೆ ವ್ಯೋಮವ್ಯಾಪ್ತೇಹಾಯ ದಕ್ಷಿಣಮೂರ್ತ ನಮಃ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 ಹರಿ ಓಂ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರುಭ್ಯೋ ನಮಃ ಹರಿ ಓಂ